Welcome to episode four of the Dollars and Doctor Show. I'm your host, Krithay Javarn, founder and financial planner at White Coat Financial. On today's episode, I'll be covering debt repayment strategies that are designed to help you pay down your debt in the most effective manner possible. I'll be focusing on two popular debt repayment methods, the debt avalanche and the debt snowball method. But I'll also touch on some additional debt repayment strategies that you might find helpful. Let's start with the debt avalanche method. This approach involves prioritizing paying off the debts with the highest interest rates first. The reasoning behind this method is that high interest debts are the most costly in the long run. So by paying off debts with the highest interest first, you'll save yourself the most amount of money, theoretically speaking. To use the debt avalanche method, you start by listing out all of your debts in order of their interest rates, with the highest interest rate debt at the top of the list and the lowest interest rate debt at the bottom of the list. From there, you make your minimum required payments on all of your debts, but you make extra payments toward the debt with the highest interest rate beyond whatever the minimum payment is. Once the debt with the highest interest rate is paid off, you move on to the next highest interest rate debt and you repeat the process until all of your debt has been paid off. Now let's contrast the debt avalanche method with the debt snowball method. The debt snowball approach involves prioritizing the debts with the smallest balances and paying those off first. The reasoning behind this method is that paying off all the small debts can provide a sense of accomplishment and momentum, which will help keep you motivated as you work towards becoming debt-free. To use the debt snowball method, you'll again list out all of your debts, but this time in order of their balances, with the smallest balance at the top of the list and the largest balance at the bottom of the list. You'll then make the minimum payments required on all of your different debts, Plus, this time you'll make additional payments towards the debt with the smallest balance. Once the debt with the smallest balance is completely paid off, you then move on to the next smallest debt, and then you repeat the process until all of your debts have been paid off. Figuring out which method is best for you will depend on your individual circumstances and what works best for your situation, as is the case with most questions relating to money or personal finance. However, here are some factors to consider. From a purely quantitative standpoint, the debt avalanche method is much more effective because it allows you to save the most amount of money on interest charges over the long term. Having said that, some have found that the debt snowball method is more effective because it provides a sense of accomplishment and it keeps you motivated to actually stick to the budget and the overall debt repayment strategy. So to summarize, the debt avalanche is more effective when looking at the numbers, but some might find it difficult to actually stick to, while the debt snowball is less effective based purely on the numbers, but it's much easier to actually commit to and to stick to. There are also some additional strategies that you should consider as you work to pay off your debts. One strategy is to apply for a debt consolidation. This involves taking out a new loan to pay off multiple smaller debts. This is only helpful if you can secure a lower interest rate on your new loan compared to what you're currently paying on all of your other smaller debts. Another strategy is to negotiate with your creditors. For example, if you're having trouble making your monthly payments on time or in full, you might be able to negotiate a lower interest rate or some sort of temporary payment plan with whoever your creditor is. This is especially useful when you're dealing with high interest rate debts like credit cards or payday loans. 
Next, let's explore the benefits of emphasizing paying off debt versus dividing your cash flow between debt repayment and investing. If you were to put all of your emphasis on debt repayment alone, one benefit is that you'll be able to pay off your debts much more quickly. And obviously, by paying off your debts faster, you can minimize the interest that you pay and save money in the long run. Another benefit of focusing on debt repayment is that it can help improve your credit score. As you pay off your debts, your credit utilization ratio will decrease, which essentially is just a measure of how much credit you're using relative to your actual credit limits. Doing this helps boost your credit score, which can be useful if you decide to plan on borrowing money in the future, such as for a mortgage or a business loan to open up a clinic. Paying off your debt also frees up cash flow, which can then be saved or invested. Furthermore, when you look at it from a less quantitative lens, I found that based on my experience with clients, that having one big goal, like paying off your debt, is much more motivating than spreading out your goals, like paying off your debt and maximizing your RSP as an example. Now let's consider the benefits of making your scheduled debt payments and prioritizing investing. One benefit is that you can start building wealth sooner rather than later. By investing your extra cash, you can potentially earn a return on your money that exceeds the interest that you're paying on your debts. This is a smarter financial decision, but only if you can earn a higher return on your investments than you're currently paying on all the interest for your debts. Even by investing small amounts of money over time, you can earn a significant return due to the power of compound interest. This can be especially useful if you have a long time horizon, such as if you're a young doctor and you have many years ahead of yourself to build your wealth. So which approach is the best? Again, it really depends on your individual circumstances and what works best for you. But if you have high interest debts like credit card debts, you should focus on paying those off first in order to minimize the overall cost of your debts. More importantly, paying off debt is a guaranteed after-tax return on your money. So professionally speaking, I'm usually on board with prioritizing debt repayment versus investing. However, if you have low interest debts like a mortgage locked in at 3.5%, for example, then you should continue with your regular scheduled payments on those debts and put an emphasis on investing. But ultimately, the best approach will depend on your financial goals, your risk tolerance, and your overall financial situation. And while we're on the topic of weighing out the pros and cons of your debt repayment goals versus investing, a common question from our younger doctors is, do I start building an emergency fund first, or should I emphasize paying off all of my debts? For most medical and healthcare professionals, you'll have access to a professional student liner credit. These liner credits are often in the $200,000 to $300,000 range. And based on our experience, it makes the most sense to pay these down aggressively since you accomplish two goals simultaneously. Focusing on paying down your professional student liner credit not only meets the benefits of paying down your debt, but it also opens up an emergency fund at the same time. This is because professional student liner credits are readvanceable. Meaning, if you need to borrow the money back from them again, you can. For example, if you have a $300,000 professional student liner credit and you pay $5,000 towards it every single month, within the first three months, you should have about $15,000 of available credit on that line of credit. That $15,000 can then act as an emergency fund if you ever need to withdraw the money for an emergency. 
This way, you accomplish two things with one action. But if you don't have a professional student line of credit or any other unsecured line of credit for that matter, then we usually emphasize making the minimum payments on your debt until you establish a sufficient emergency fund. Now, the amount in your emergency fund differs for every single person out there, depending on your unique financial circumstances. But generally, I usually recommend having a minimum of three months worth of your basic living expenses in cash. This could cover things like your rent, mortgage, car insurance, gas, groceries, utilities, etc. If you think back to our episode on budgeting, this is three months of your baseline number. Ideally, you want to be closer to six months worth of basic living expenses, but three months should be the bare minimum. The more significant your emergency fund, the better, because it gives you a buffer, ensuring that all your needs are met and your bills are paid in the event of an emergency. Plus, it just gives you a lot of peace of mind knowing that everything's covered if something comes up. Once you've established your emergency fund, then you could shift your focus to debt repayment or other financial goals that you might have. Given that most of the doctors that we work with usually graduate with six figures of student loan debt, but they also want to invest in real estate, I'm going to take a second to discuss the effects of having debt on your ability to buy real estate and your mortgage application. I'm not going to discuss down payment requirements and any other different factors that lead to a mortgage approval since I'll be doing an in-depth episode on mortgages at a later date. But for now, here are some factors to consider. The first is your debt-to-income ratio. This measures how much of your income is going towards your debt payments. Lenders typically want a debt-to-income ratio of 44% or lower. So if your existing debt payments are high, it makes it much more challenging to qualify for a mortgage. So paying off your debts will reduce your debt-to-income ratio and in turn make it much easier to purchase or invest in real estate and get approved for a mortgage. Another factor that lenders consider is your credit score, which is essentially just a measure of your credit worthiness. As I mentioned earlier, your credit score can be impacted by your debt payments, since having a high level of debt can lower your credit score. A lower credit score makes it harder to qualify for a mortgage or to secure favorable interest rates on your loan. A key thing to know is that having a low credit score doesn't necessarily make it impossible to qualify for a mortgage, but it limits your access to favorable rates, terms, and any other financing options. Lenders also consider your cash reserves when evaluating your mortgage application or any other application for that matter. If you have a high level of existing debt and high payments, it'll be much more challenging to build up a sufficient level of cash reserves and savings. And most mortgage loan applications and business loan applications do require a sufficient cash reserves or savings beyond the minimum down payment requirements. It's important to note that these are just a few of the factors that lenders might consider when they're evaluating your mortgage or loan application. Overall, the path that you take or the strategy that you employ when it comes to paying down your debt comes down to your unique circumstances and financial goals. And that concludes the fourth episode of the Dollars and Doctor Show. My goal today was to give you some debt repayment strategies to use in order to help you determine what works best for your personality and financial situation. This episode was brought to you by White Coat Financial. Our goal at White Coat Financial is to change the financial planning industry by combining a fiduciary duty with a one-stop shop experience for our clients. 
If you're a Canadian doctor and you're looking for financial advice on mortgages, investing, insurance, taxes, or any other financial matters, visit our website, www.whitecoatfinancial.ca. On our website, you'll be able to schedule a free initial consultation to learn about how White Coat Financial can help you protect your income, grow your money, and live better. If you have any questions or feedback for us, you can email me directly at gurthage at whitecoatfinancial.ca. Thank you for your attention, thank you for your time, and thank you for your ongoing support. I look forward to speaking with you soon. The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not to be taken as financial advice. While the host of this podcast is a registered financial planner, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, you should always consult with a financial professional about your unique circumstances and personal situation. The hosts and guests of this podcast are not responsible for any errors or omissions or for any actions taken based on the information provided in this podcast. It is the responsibility of the listener to do their own due diligence and make informed financial decisions.